Welcome to the Every Day is a New Day podcast and live show. The inspirational show about moving forward and choosing to be more of you. Transmuting the self-doubt and stepping into courageously aligned confidence in who you uniquely are. My name is Kim O'Neill. I'm a twice-certified transformational confidence coach, Reiki master, best-selling author, and former crime analyst who now helps empathic, heart-centered individuals shatter the noise of self-doubt, find clarity on what self-love really looks like, and the courage to be peacefully grounded in who you've always known you are from the inside out. Join me for the live shows on Facebook and YouTube and visit KimO'NeillCoaching.com for more info. Let's get to it. All right. Hello and welcome, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Every Day is a New Day show. Take a deep breath. We're going to take a moment to shake off yesterday. I was literally doing this just a few moments before we started the show. Because things can ebb and flow in life, right? And they can shift our energy. And what's really helpful to know, I hope you're shaking it off with me. Whatever shaking off you're doing, shaking off something from yesterday, shaking something off from five minutes before you saw me here on, on screen, or whatever it may be, the awesome thing is that regardless how life ebbs and flows, we can always choose to realign our energy, center within who we are, your truth, the presence, be grounded, that is where you are in your greatest power, and it allows for you to have an even more enjoyable experience every day. And take a deep breath. I'm so glad we did that. I'm so glad we did that. I did that earlier before the show with today's guest, and uh, grateful to do that here with you as well. Hmm, we're in for another great treat today. I have a guest coming back who was just here a couple of weeks ago. But before we bring her on, I'm going to share today's inspirational quote with you. It comes from Jim Quick. None of it works unless you work. We have to do our part. If knowing is half the battle, action is the second half of the battle. And that is a quote by Jim Quick. I love that. That once again is bringing that that power back to you, right? We can learn things all day, every day, but until we practice them, until we put them into action, things don't quite shift, right? And uh, I'm, I'm a big believer that it's not all action work. It's not. You want to align your energy. You want to have your mindset right, your emotions. You want all those things in check, right? If you watched the Rise and Shine series back in 2020, we talked all about that stuff. And you've got to put it into action. That's a really big key. Peter Parson, really big key piece of it, especially as we are human beings here having this experience where that action work matters. With that said, I'm here talking today with Tracy Desjardins about her book, The Diet-Free Diva. And so if you were not here with us a couple weeks ago and uh, you know you want to hear more from her after this conversation, but I definitely encourage you to go back and watch that episode. Let me go ahead and just remind everyone who Tracy is first. So Tracy Desjardins is an international health coach, mind-body eating coach, fitness professional, podcast co-host of the Happy Grind Movement, and she's also the newly published author of the international best-selling book, The Diet-Free Diva. And it's through her own struggles with being overweight, dieting, binge eating, sugar addiction, and emotional eating challenges that Tracy now shares a compassionate space with other women working through similar trials. Tracy's holistic coaching helps women discover their very own transformative steps towards sustainable peace with food, body, and self. And welcome back, Tracy. 
Hi, Kim. You know, I have to tell you, I went from being like, oh gosh, where am I going to find the energy to be all bubbly for this radio show to be like, yes, as soon as, you know, we got on and listened to your music and I listened to you say, take action. Aww. You know, I mean, like, that's really what it is. I, you know, it's so easy to assume that people like you just have this amazing energy all day long and it's unending. <laughs> and that's not true. It's it not true. <laughs> Yeah, no, thank you. Thank you for saying that. It's, it, it, yeah. is, uh, it is an intentional action. Um, it is something that I choose to step into. And there are times, it, everyone, please know this. <laughs> there are times when I don't want to change it. I don't want to shift the energy and I want to kind of sit in it for a while. And that's not a fun place to be, but I think we can all relate to that at some times. You're like, oh, right? You're just in it for a bit. And then it's so beautiful that we always have the choice to say, you know what? And I'm tired of this. No, this is not my best place to be. I'm shifting out of this. And so, yeah, definitely today, moments before we started, I had some of that myself. So, mm -hmm. yeah, it's important. So, Tracy, welcome back again. We had such a fun time last time you were here on the show. And, uh, you know, it was a great suggestion to have you back. Today, we're going to be talking about... The five steps to freedom with food, body, and self. And before I really get into asking you any questions about that, um, you know, say just say a little bit more about why did you want to come back and say more. <laughs> Well, you know, the interview that we had a few weeks ago was so explosive. I could barely sleep that night. It was just one of those things where we had energies that really aligned. And I felt like I had really good flow about um, my passion and where I where I got that and where the where I engineered this inspiration to write the book. And yeah. I just feel like you asked the right questions and I got to really share a lot of my personal war with food, body and my self in my life that I, I fought most of my life. And it's still surreal to me that I'm sitting on this show and I have a book on Amazon where I'm, I'm telling the world, you know, about my struggles because those struggles are things that I kept in such shameful secret for so long. And when I discovered, Hey, you know what? Other people also have those struggles. Um, I, I felt so free to come out and talk. And then I got the support from them. They got support from me. And it was like, let's do this thing. And I'm not the only one that struggles with food and yeah. all things me and body image and all that stuff. So, well, and, and last time you were here was actually the book launch day for your book. So I can imagine you had a lot of energy flowing with that for sure. Um, and I'm glad to see, congratulations again, that it is an international bestseller. Oh, thanks. And you know, Kim, what that says to me is that um, the message is clear, that that people are tired of nonsense, that they really just want someone to help them find their truth. Mm -hmm. And it just really confirmed my purpose for writing the book. Um, and it, it really makes me feel so very fulfilled. And I, I feel like this is just the beginning for me as a coach in the work that I want to do to help women find their, their peace. Cause it feels pretty good to be on the other side with peace. And a lot of people have never felt that peace. And that was me for a long time. I hear you. I hear you. Okay. Well, we are about to hear more from Tracy on this. I want to say a quick hello to all of our live viewers. See, love you. Hello, Helene. And hello, Carolyn. So good to see you. And Joanne. And oh my goodness, we also have Lillian here with us. And uh, just quickly scrolling through the comments. You guys are awesome. Saying hello to all of us. Good to see you all here. 
All right, Tracy, let's dive into it. I know you were guiding today's conversation and I'm gonna ask questions as they come up and uh, it feels great to ask more. So where do we begin with this? Well, let's let's talk about um, just diets in general real quick. I'm gonna okay. kind of go there. And I think this is so interesting because as I work with, with many different women, what I'm discovering is that women can be dieting, but they don't think they're dieting. Ooh. And, and I mean, like, I, I'd love to break that down a little bit and ask everyone who's listening to, to consider you might be dieting and, and, and not realize it. So in other words, a couple of things, dieting doesn't just mean, okay, well, I'm on the South beach diet, or I'm doing the paleo diet or the keto diet, weight watchers diet, a commercial diet. It can also right. mean, and this was my inner war here is our own choice of restriction with food that keeps us trapped, usually in fear, uh, fear of food, fear of gaining weight, fear of not being able to lose weight, fear of pleasure in food, and it keeps us stuck. So anyone that is trying to um, live within certain rigid parameters with food, you're not happy and you can't eat out in restaurants on girls night out in peace, you're scared of Thanksgiving, mm -hmm vacations, banquets, family reunions, all things. And it, I get it. It's really scary. And if you throw your hands up at those events and feel powerless, like and eat all the things, or if you do that every weekend, like Monday through Friday afternoon, you're good. And then yeah. Friday night, something goes wrong. And then Saturday's a free for all. And you feel like crap on Sunday, you start over on Monday, friends, you're dieting. It's dieting. It's, dieting. it's restrictive hell. And I'm here to help break that down and help you find peace with food because, you know, it's our natural born given entitlement to derive pleasure from food. We were born with that right to enjoy what we're eating. We have to eat. Yeah. And I think, I think that's part of what makes dieting and losing weight, releasing weight, all of this can be... A, rather complex, obviously, right? Uh, or, or else so many of us would not have struggles with it, but is because that same word is used for everything diet, you know, what does your diet look like? Oh, I'm dieting now. It's, it, I, I don't know. I'm just, I just thinking about the word alone to me, that right there just says, yes, there's going to be confusion. It's going to be tricky for a person to find the diet that is right for them. That doesn't put them into a state of dieting in an unhealthy way. I, so I don't know if anyone else re resonates with that. Let me know in the comments. Um, yeah. but yes, we, you know, I, I love enjoying my food. <laughs> well, you know what, Kim dieting is a four letter word. It's a four letter nasty word. And in my book, I, I described, and, and I made this up. Okay. D I E T stands for, okay. in my own words, deprivation insanity equals trouble. Oh, like, let's just get real about this. I mean, dieting based on the fact now this, this is, these are statistics, current statistics. I have that in the book as well. There's a 95% failure rate, but we keep doing it. We keep spending because it's like a hook, line and sinker. It sells us on a false promise that if we buy the things the supplements, the pills, the potions, the gadgets, you name it, then mm -hmm. they're going to sell us on a promise that they don't deliver on that we will get some magical results with a thin body that will somehow give us the perfect life. 
And we have been conditioned and targeted with the media ever since the invention of the Barbie doll, as far as I'm concerned. Let me look at the Barbie doll. Okay. And, you know, it's, it's just maddening. We've all had enough. And the truth is diets fail us. We're not failing on diets. Diets teach us how not to eat. If you think about that, diets teach us how not to eat. Whereas, and this is where women look at me with deer in the headlights, like what? Which is further confirmation that we've been conditioned to believe nonsense. When I say we can trust our own inner wisdom with appetite. <gasps> well, holy cow. When you start dieting, you take your natural born entitlement to trust your own appetite. You toss that out the window. Right? So absolutely. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, no, no. I mean, like we really do, depending on how early you started your restrictive plan. Okay. Yeah. Some of us, I was age 12. I've met women that have started dieting as early as age seven. Mom, mom has taken them to Weight Watchers. Mom brought them to a nutritionist. Mom was concerned. I mean, like, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with mom. I'm right. saying it hurts that early. Yeah, I, I get that. I, that, I mean, that young age around 12, even a little younger than that, that resonates for me, that the awareness of food and what am I eating? And, uh, oh, I might gain some pounds if I eat this or versus that. So, so, okay. So my first question is really, you know, this notion, and I, I agree, I believe you that women can get to this place where they allow their intuition to guide them in what they eat and, and be healthy and all that. Um, but what do you say to the woman who says, excuse me, if I did that, I would just eat, you know, cakes and pies and all this stuff all day, every day. Um, so what do you, so how do you respond to, to, to that kind of feedback? It's usually been a learned belief that started somewhere in my step one, discover and write your food story. We, we've all been in relationship with food as soon as we came out of the womb. And somehow, if a woman, I say men, it's men and women, but I work with women, hence I'm going to just direct this to women. Somewhere along the way, we learned that food somehow is not safe. It's not Ooh. safe for us to enjoy that. And, you know, everybody has their own story behind that. That's another reason why in any one set way, there is no like linear pathway or cookie cutter approach to heal a relationship with food. It's all very customized. It's all very unique. And somebody like me needs to stand up and write this book to show us how to take back our natural born intuition as it as it relates to food and our appetite, and it can be done with curiosity and openness and a willingness to say no, no, and no, stop. When we hear the new sexy plan that you can buy on Amazon for $99, you get what I'm saying. Yes, yes. Yeah, and it definitely goes back to that rewiring the brain and your mindset, how you're thinking about food and really looking at that because because that's a new one. I don't think I've ever heard that before about it, but it makes, it makes sense that I can, I can see a person feeling unsafe with food. I hadn't considered that before that. That's, uh, that's a good one. Now, arguably Kim, I'm, I'm I don't even want to throw a number out there because I don't have any science on this, but I would say, arguably, I would say most women have a fear of food on some level. What's it going to do to my body? Never mind. Can I trust myself to have seek pleasure in this food. Because if you think about this, my favorite, my number one trigger, let's say cream filled donuts. Oh, they're so good. <laughs> Come on. I mean, it's the perfect combo of sugar, salt, fat. 
zing to the brain, instant pleasure, right? Similar to cocaine, they say. Uh, Right, right, right. I mean, it would make sense. So, but if you think about that, when you bite into a donut with cream in the middle, you get that, the first few bites taste amazing. After that, it's like, you're not even really noticing. Yes. So when you think about that, I believe for the most part that there's a pathway to discover, can somebody get there? Now the sugar addiction is a real thing. I really believe that. Right. Not everybody can get there but everybody can get back to their roots and discover who they were before the madness started. And let, let's go back there and see, we can't move forward and rewire our relationship with food and rewrite how we want to live out the rest of our life until we look at where we've come from. Hence step one and out of five in the diet free diva, which is step one. Okay. So step one, discover and write your food story. Now I have some people look at me like, what are you talking about? And I love that because see dieting, they don't want to help us figure out our own solutions. They want us to buy their thing and believe in their solutions because there's profit in that. But the truth is our story with food from the time we were born has little clues in it all these years as to what was going on, where a problem began, how food showed up in our earlier years, and how a shift happened. So I help my clients look back at their relationship with food. Let me give you an example, Kim. Okay. So I learned this when I went through my mind-body eating Um, eating psychology program. And I sat down, I was apprehensive. I sat down with a word document after my whole family went to bed and I started typing as early as I can remember. I was like age three, remembering my sweet tooth, remembering how much I loved family dinners and Christmas Eve. We had all the Italian spaghetti and the meatball. It was just love. It was fun. When did I start to develop a problem? And I'm typing and I'm typing and I landed on, okay, as of fourth grade, I was like this really fun, free spirited 10 year old chubby girl that didn't really care what my body looked like. I loved life and I, I was confident and I trusted myself. I had a life to live and something happened as soon as I believed that I needed to lose weight because hormones start shifting, right? 11, 12, things start happening. All of a sudden I was interested in boys. Well, what are they like? Oh, well, my body is, <laughs> I'm not going to fit in, in my pretty plus clothes. So then I started with the dieting. That's part of my food story. So I help people connect the dots. And after then, Kim, I'm crying. I'm on my couch with my lap and I'm crying when I discovered when I, when I was open to the concept of remembering where I came from, powerful. I mean, I was sweating, I was crying. And when I printed that bad boy out in the morning, it was like multiple pages front and back, single spaced. And I read it and therein, without even me realizing it started my healing. It really did because I was able For the first time ever, I felt a splash of compassion for my relationship with food, mainly processed sugary junk foods. That was, those were always my instant relief go-to that I hid from, that I developed the, the, you know, when I started dieting to change my body at the, at the tender age of 12, 
I developed a problem with food where I used it as a Band-Aid for every uncomfortable situation in my life on a deep emotional level. And, you know, nobody really wants to talk about that. I was never one of those classified. I didn't have an eating disorder, but I did. But I didn't have one of the one of the categorized ones. Yeah, it, I think so many people can relate to that of just kind of like, you know, stuffing their emotions, right? Um, feeding their emotions. Um, I think that's a big part of it. And it's, yeah, I'm just seeing the, the, I feel like I'm seeing the thread here between you mentioned being open to your food story and um, just this thread of receiving, women receiving. I think a lot of women have a hard time with that. And part of that story, part of how that kind of gets blocked our ability to receive, I think, can be with the way that we close out certain emotions and then further block it out with food, things like that. That's what's coming yeah. up for me. Amen. And to your point, I would ask everyone to consider that maybe I would argue a lot of us developed this understanding that showing emotions weren't safe. Mm. Was it safe? Because we were told otherwise, we were either shut down by people that didn't know how the big people in our life didn't know how to deal with their own emotions. How can they deal with ours? Well, you shouldn't feel that way. Stop crying. Um, you shouldn't feel that way. No, you're wrong. Okay, well, we can learn to hold that in, shut that down, stuff it. What's going to make us feel instantly? What did we learn as soon as we were born? Food sugar. So we can see how emotional eating challenges can really take root, especially with sugar, because sugar is instant pleasure. So step one is discover and write your food story. I know it sounds, it sounds unpopular. It sounds unsexy. I don't believe that we can heal a relationship with food without looking back to where we, we came from. I, I agree. I think that is so key for a lot of things in life. And I, I love that you mentioned just you were, it sounds like you were freeform typing and that right there has the ability to open up that, you know, that, that remembrance of, oh, that's right. I was in fourth grade, or whatever it might be, or I was told not to do this, or I was, I was always rewarded with cookies or whatever it might be to go, oh, I think that that was something that, you know, that, that did something in my psyche for me. That was a, right? That then continued on in the way that we treat ourselves as we go on in life and things like that. So I love that you mentioned journaling. I think journaling is always really, really helpful with everything. So yeah, that's, that's awesome. What is step two? Love it. Well, since we've written the food story, we've given ourselves perhaps for the first time ever an opportunity to understand self-compassion instead of willpower and fighting, right? So step two, step two, this is huge. I help you discover who you are. Because a lot of us don't know. Okay. I worked with a success coach who helped me through a lot of my stuckness. And she said to me one day, she said, Tracy, you know, who are you? Do you know, Kim, that I could not answer that? And it was so eye opening to me. So I did a lot of work during pandemic on this. Like, what is important to me? Not what the world or what I think the world is telling me I should be. So it starts with value. Step two, identify your top three values. And I give you a chart in the book. It's an example of a chart. There's a lot of stuff online to help you go a little bit deeper there. But my whole point is this. What is important to you as a woman? 
period. Not your kids, not your husband, not your, your church, not your boss, just you. Because a lot of us have been pleasing everybody but us for so long that we have been disconnected with what makes us tick. And it makes sense that you would first want to take time to figure out who are you? Who am I first? Because if you don't know that, how can you figure out what your values are? How can you really define those? But to me, they're, they're all very connected. So that, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. So I help. And there's a lot more to that, but that's step two. Okay. And attached to, to step two is just and um, define your personal, powerful why. And I call it the PPW in the book, personal, powerful why. You hear the term, find your why. And, you know, it sounds cliche, but it's that important. Why do you want to find peace with food to do what in your life? What have you been held back from doing? which is your, your diva, your diva purpose in life. Have you been held back because you're fighting with food? Think of all the energy and the money and the time and the pain that you've invested in trying to find peace with food when you really want to go and do this. So why do you want to find that peace? So you can do this, this, and this, and then you'll feel like this, like this, and like that. So again, it's just questions. There's so much curiosity here, you know? I um uh, yeah, absolutely. I, I don't know if I said this earlier, but I'm just going to say it again. If I did, I was smiling earlier because I love your passion about this topic. I love, I love you are, you are totally a, just a, a, a champion and a, I'm going to say a warrior for women finding clarity on this for themselves. And I, I love it. So your, your passion is really exciting to see. Um, Okay. I had a question somewhere in there. I think it'll come back. So, okay. So we're up to step three and person's why. And so let's say more about that. Step three is huge. There's a few parts in step three. I talk about perform your personal inquiry. Here's what that means. Okay. Notice. And by the way, I don't sell anything. I don't sell supplements. I don't sell a damn thing except your freedom back to yourself. Okay. I sell you tools that you already have. So a personal inquiry is go figure identifying what we're thinking and what we're feeling. Because a lot of us are going through life on this autopilot. We're floating on a zone. What's going on up here? We have voices. Yes. And I'm so, I'm so glad. I'm so glad you, you, mentioned this this aspect of it of how we could be so unaware of like what we're thinking right to the point where we don't even know how to define who we are I I, I don't feel that way today but I ha had a moment in my life where I could I had the same experience going like who am I yeah what does that mean actually like how how what how would I answer that so I totally get that and I what I want to also say is that I think it's very possible um and, and if anybody watching can relate to this or if or if this speaks to you in any way Trace, let me know but I think it's very possible that a woman can go her entire life having food challenges and knowing there are food challenges, but at the same time, not being fully aware that she's seeking resolution to it. Yes. Okay. Yes. And that would make sense, especially for anyone who learned that feelings aren't safe. They're not valid. Yeah. I can't tell anybody how I feel. I need to just keep on plugging. Because at some point we're turned into a pressure cooker of feelings and emotions, and we don't know what to do with those. Guess what's instant relief? Food. Yeah. So I talk a lot about self-awareness with regards to, especially in the snake pit, 
of the day. Let's just get real. Okay. Our brain, our brains are at the lowest energetic point, let's say three to 5 PM. Okay. I mean, most of us, it's funny, grab a Snickers at 3 PM. Okay. The marketing. So instead of the Snickers, perhaps we could do something like this. It's three o'clock. I'm at, I'm at work. Here's my work. I'm starting to feel agitated. Tracy, what's going on? I have not written this article yet and it's due by 6 p.m. Okay, what are we feeling? I'm feeling panicked and frustrated. Okay, what do we really need right now? I need to gather myself. I just need a break for 10 minutes. What will we do? Right now, I'm going to get up, I'm going to take the dogs outside, and I'm going to sit on my porch and just breathe and give myself 10 to 20 minutes to recharge. Then I'm going to come back here, sit back down and finish writing. The old me would have been binging on donut holes. I'd get in my car, I'd drive, and I'd be sitting here trying to finish an article, and I'm stuffing chocolate chips and whatever's in the house. I to try to get energy because I didn't know that I could actually validate. I'm feeling panicked and frustrated. I'm feeling panicked and frustrated. And guess what? It's okay that I feel that. I work with clients, Kim, get this. This is so funny when this comes up and I love this. I want to ask this question. Have you ever thought about giving yourself permission to just be grumpy and bitchy at the end of your workday? What? It's like, and I feel like high fist pumping and like, guess what? It's okay to be a bitch sometimes and let that flow rather than say, oh, I, I can't be a bitch. Why not? Feel it, let it out. And then, and then onward. It's like I, a whole new pathway. It totally is. And I, I love, <laughs> I love that freedom to be a bitch. I love that freedom to feel whatever the F you want to feel. Uh, <laughs> right. Um, yeah. So I, I absolutely love that. And I also just wanted to, to add in, um, you know, I, I could hear your dogs barking and we could totally hear you fine. Oh. But to me, but to me, that was a confirmation that Listen up, everybody, what Tracy's saying. This is key. These are the key steps to shifting that, oh, I'm going to just immediately go for the food, or no, I'm going to take a moment, I'm going to pause, be with my emotions, talk to myself, what's going on here, and then make a different choice. And so um, your dog's barking were, were beautiful confirmation in that. I love that. They start barking when they hear me getting energetic on interviews. They, oh, wow. when I start slamming my desk, they get all excited. So notice, notice, Kim, I just talked about steps one, two, and three. I haven't said a darn word about food yet. Amen. Lillian, <laughs> <laughs> amen to bitching. Do you see what's happening? We're all getting productively pissed about what we've been missing all of these years. <laughs> I'm telling you, there's a diva movement going on. And I don't, when I say diva, by the way, ladies, I don't mean diva in like a desperate housewives or like a, Housewives of the Beverly Hills. No, I'm saying who we were born to be and do that thing that we do really well once we get to the other side of food peace. Because we can't we can't do our thing well when we're at war with food and our body and ourself. 
Yeah, I agree. What I hear by you using the word diva is simply allowing, reminding, reminding, right? No one needs to allow another person to do something, but reminding people that it's okay to be empowered. It's okay to be strong. It's okay to be, you know, to be your powerful self. So that's what I hear when I hear diva. Oh, absolutely. Yes. And there's a purpose in there. We were all born doing something we do something really well. Like we all do, like Kim, you're hosting this amazing radio show. Every day is a new day. You're inspiring people with your work. We were all given a gift to do something really well that I believe helps other people. Many women, myself included for so long, are hiding behind the war with food and the world is being robbed of their gift that's going to help other people. So do you see how this is a movement in the yes. day? diva diva is yes. we're doing what we were born to do without barriers the barriers of dieting so step four if you don't mind if i jump into this step yes, four now we're going to talk about the food so for anybody out okay. there that's like look i've i hear what you're trying to say but i can't stop eating the oreos you know i i, I really don't know how to find peace with food. can we finally talk about that yeah, we have, we actually had someone ask about cravings earlier. So um, yes, please say more, say more about that. Here we go. It was Lillian. What about what cravings? Cravings. Yes. So Lillian, when we start to talk about learning to go inward and identify feelings and emotions, that's a step towards understanding where the cravings are coming from. Okay. Now, having said that, moving into step four, this is where I'm going to get a little, it's going to sound like a diet, but it's not. What I'm about to say is we have to clean up our brain and our blood from processed diet, mm. fake powders, fake foods, protein bars that are the equivalent of candy bars, all that stuff and get back to nature. There's no other way around this. There is an abundant selection of whole unprocessed natural foods in the world. We just need to block out the noise of all the fake food, the processed junk that stays in our system and gives us brain fog, whether it's healthy or not. Uh, you know, the packaged bars, you know, it's crazy how people, I was like this for a long time. I, well, I just need that bar. I, I'll, I'll do it as long as I can have my Diet Coke and my Cliff Bar. Do you see, do you see what happens? Wow. So when we have the yeah. diet soda or whatever that thing is in our, in our brain, it's those chemicals are in our blood, which become our brain that hold us back, that cause the cravings. So I coach in step four, do a 14 day whole foods experiment. Notice we're not dieting anymore. We have to clean up. We have to power spray from the, from the brain down. I love that word experiment because that gives, that also gives women freedom within that too. Um, you know, to me, sometimes when I think when I, you know, I've done my own diets before. In fact, a few couple of years ago I did, I tried to do 76 hard and that was hard. And <laughs> anyway, that's a whole other story. Okay. But I think, um, where was I going with that? You just mentioned diets and yeah. I think experiment, I think for a lot of women, when they think of trying a new, you know, a new diet, um, any sort of regimen, it can feel very regimented. It can feel very boxed in, very hard. Um, oh no, I am going to be, I'm going to just forced, required, restricted, right? Everything is like, uh oh, uh oh, I've got to completely change my life. And I've got to do this really hard thing for however yeah. long. And, um, and the word experiment to me, like totally opens up those boundaries and makes it easier. I love that. 
Thank you for saying that. Experiment means pressure off. Diet means pressure on. So we have a no stress environment. Let's see what happens versus a stress environment. I can't eat anything I used to like. So with an experiment, we bring in curiosity. We bring in, how is my body responding to this green apple and this handful of nuts and all this water? What's yeah. happening? Like, so we, we, we go from rules to curiosity. This is where we have the breakthroughs. But I will say it does involve being very intentional about noticing, not autopilot eating, you know, it really giving yourself really making it a true 14 day experiment. Notice when you're, if, is it, if it, if it's four o'clock in the afternoon, you haven't eaten since 12, is your blood sugar dropping? What happens when you drink water, eat the apple, eat the nuts, whatever the thing is that you choose? Now, how do you feel? How are you sleeping? How's your belly feeling? All of that, because we kind of have to retrain ourselves to notice what we chew and swallow has an impact. So what's coming up for me as you, you said all that is, um, you know, they say that the gut and if I have any of this off, let me know. Um, but that they say that the gut is the second brain. And um, right. And so here you are talking about being mindful, being present with your food. And what I'm hearing is there's really that rewiring of the brain and the gut. You know, I talk about connecting head and heart in this space, in this, in this conversation, I feel like it's about connecting head and gut and allowing you really to be the, the one who's directing the ship versus another part of your body kind of doing its own thing when really it's kind of like a child, you know, leading the parent versus the parent leading the child. That's what I'm seeing. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yes. And you know, you just reminded me of something that I think goes along with the 14 day whole foods cleanup experiment, which by the way, it usually turns into longer than that. And we're, we're not dieting, right? We've noticed, Oh, these are my friend foods. These are foods that belong in my library. I call it a food library foods that love That's us. Awesome. But for women, there's also this thing, and I am not a, a functional medicine expert. I, I'm not a naturopath, but I will say it would behoove a woman to go have your blood work done by a specialist, have your hormones checked. Unique. We are all so unique. You know, I, I had the blood work done. There were certain things that stuck out. You know, I'm fine with gluten. Somebody else gluten might really need to be avoided, but you need to know instead of what your neighbor Betty is doing that lost 30 pounds, right. what's right for you. And then, and then stay in your lane and do what, do what's best for you with, you know, nutritional choices. The other part of step four is, um, and here I am, I've been an exercise trainer for 30, 32 years. And I talk this much about exercise and I talk about joyful movement instead. I am not going to tell you how much strength training you need, how much cardio you need. I do outline what the current guidelines are. And then you decide how you want to go and move your body. Because if you like what you're doing, you're going to continue doing it. If somebody tells me I've got to go run every morning, there's absolutely no way that's happening. You get what I'm saying. Yep. But you know, somebody else might want to go and join the Y and swim or just simply walk, commit to walking, which is fantastic. Yes. We need to get common sense back with movement. I, I love that. I, I love going outside for walks, but lately it's been really hot. So I prefer to go to the gym instead. And something I've noticed, just kind of connecting what you know brings you joy, what feels good is I realized I really love my gym's atmosphere. It is so peaceful to me to just go there, 
and walk on the treadmill and I'll do other things too, but I'm amazed at how much I just truly enjoy the space. And so, I don't know, I say that for anyone else who can identify, you know, a place where they just enjoy being. And then what you just said, joyful movement, how can you incorporate movement into that space? Um, it makes it easy for me to go to the gym and walk on the treadmill because I love the environment. I love the space. So anyway, that's, that's my little addition to what you just were saying there. Well, but, and you know, Lillian is saying something simple. Yeah. Something simple. Amen to that. Yes. Just yeah. by, yes. Yeah. And Lillian, because you love riding your bicycle, you're going to sustain that activity, which is so healthy for your body and your core, by the way. And, you know, you know, Kim, what you said, you said something that's so powerful. I don't even know if you realized you said it. You said, I noticed. I noticed mm -hmm. that when I was at the gym. So it's really important because you just validated you were aware. You became yeah. aware that, hey, I, you know, I kind of like this. Oh, uh, yeah. And uh, again, again, in the, the, the premise of my book, five steps to freedom with food, body, and self on your trusted and sustainable terms. I'm working out while I am listening to today, Helene. Exactly. You know, I mean, we're really creating a movement of um, what works for us. We, we, we will continue doing. Now, step five has a lot of nuggets to us. I'm just going to go over this really, really quick. Okay. Um, step five, I do talk about journaling. We have to keep track of what's important to us. Now, here's where I'm going to kind of go off. If anybody has like a, mm, like, oh, journaling is, you're stigmatized. I get it because like, for example, I went to Weight Watchers. I fought the Weight Watchers game for a long time. And what they told me to track, I tracked with a vengeance and it didn't end up serving me. It actually, you know, I hit the goal weight and then I had no tools to keep it off. So I, the binge eating exasperated. Oh, so wow. What I say is we have to track what's important to us. It really wasn't important to me to track every bite of food that went in my mouth. So I coach women with a lot of questioning what's important for you to track. A lot of women are tracking their feelings and they're writing three empowering thoughts about themselves every morning because we're learning to rewire our inner language to become our own nurturing motherly voice versus that critic that is just flowing all the time that has been with most of us, most of our life. So things like that with regards to journaling, I also talk about going through society with a toolbox and I use terms like put special glasses on when you go out into society, because all of the food media is going to beg your taste buds to slide back into palate. Mm -hmm. So I talk about special glasses and what that means as we honor our promises within our path of excellence with food, body, movement, and how to get through the, how to go on vacation, how to go to the mall, how to go to the grocery store and remember your promises and stay in your lane of focus. I also coach a mantra called INO. It's not an option when you decide, you know, let's, let's talk treats. Okay. I do not expect anyone to be like, I am never having that birthday cake again. I mean, that's insanity. Some women that I work with that, you know, um, in like sugar addiction community, I do a lot of work with that. Some decide never again, and they go the abstinence route. That's great. Um, that sounds a little hardcore for most people. Yeah. <laughs> I coach you on, well, when can you adult those decisions with your favorite treats? 
I go through a lot of that. Like, how can you still include? Because what we don't want to do is deprive. Instead of deprivation mindset, like dieting, I teach you an elevation mindset with choices, choices that are consistent. And that's such a powerful way that you phrase that. How can I adult? Like adult, adult did I hear you that correctly? Adult? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Okay. How, yep. Like how, how can I adult that decision or whatever? It's like, whoa, that puts things into perspective. Like who's really running my decisions right now? Am I being the adult of myself right now? I love that. That's powerful. Let's, let, let's think of it this way. If you are talking to a child and it's, you know, it's an hour before lunch and the child is kicking and screaming and wants candy in the grocery store, the mom is going to say, you know, we're going to have lunch. We're going we're gonna to have lunch in an hour. And then you're going to distract the child or say, here, we're at the grocery store. How about if, how about if you have this apple, we're going to have lunch in an hour. But on Saturday, you know, we're going to go for ice cream. Remember on Saturday, it's the birthday party for whatever. Do you see how it's kind of like, but we can delay that gratification. And in the meantime, when we're eating healthy and we feel great, we're okay with that delayed thing. And a lot of times, Kim, a lot of times when we get to that event, we feel so good that we're kind of like with our newfound awareness. Hmm. I, I know that that cake is going to taste amazing, in, but it's going to make my belly feel like this. Do I really want a few bites? Then great, have it. But a lot of times we're like, eh, you know what? It doesn't bring me the same joy anymore. Other things do. Right. I, oh, I love that. So, okay. So you're really advocating for that delayed gratification. Yeah. Remembering, Hey, I can still have cake, but you know what? We're going to have, we're going to have this treat over on this day. So right now we're going to make a different choice. And then what I'm really hearing you is of course, the more that a person is, is, acknowledging their feelings, allowing themselves to feel and release the feelings and that kind of thing, they begin to value that even more so that when Saturday comes and that opportunity to have cake or ice cream is there, yeah, they might make a different choice. They might decide, you know what, I don't want this after all because I actually don't feel so great after I eat this or that. I They want to have it, be present and notice that you really don't need your slice finish off your child's. And then when no one's looking, you're hacking off more cake. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Oh gosh. It's kind of, it's, it's that awareness piece is a lot of times really what's missing is that awareness because when we're fighting and we're dieting, we're anything but aware, you know, and ultimately Kim, my entire book, the the full spectrum of it is I coach a woman to find her path of excellence, her relationship with food, including those treats, her relationship with exercise, thank you so much, and her relationship with herself. Because once there's peace with that, a little light bulb goes off like, wow, this is really who I am when I feel good. Now I have the confidence to do that thing that I've always wanted to do that I was meant to do that's going to help somebody else. And by the way, when we make these lifestyle changes, we're actually changing our genetics that we've heard of epigenetics, right? We yes, change yes, yes. Degree. I'm so glad you brought this up. Yes. I real, I'm going to go into this real, real quickly. I have two kids. My daughter's 28. Emily, my son, Jackson is 24. Jackson and I have a podcast, the happy grind movement together. We started that as a result of my son. When he was in high school, he was, he was kind of a big kid, started dating a girl. They went four years. They went to college together, bad breakup. 
he inherited my emotional eating, binge eating, dieting debacle. My son never knew I was dieting. My son never saw me binge eating. Are you? I was the Girl Scout mom. My husband was the Boy Scout dad. We had no alcohol in the house. I kept very little junk food in the house. It was always me in private. The reason I'm saying this, my kids, my family never saw me doing my thing in private because I was so ashamed of it. I And I was real good at speaking. My son, my son, genetically, because I started the binging at 12, he picked up on that through the DNA. And he lost 100 pounds at the end of college. And he was so inspired by, if I can do this, anybody can, and learned so many lessons. He now coaches men. He's got a YouTube channel. He coaches men all over the world, young men, with his online coaching program. And we got together. We worked as personal trainers together for a brief time. We closed the studio so we could we could really polarize our work in the wellness coaching, the breaking down the dieting debacle. And... Um, our podcast, The Happy Grind Movement, it's on Apple and Spotify. The reason we made that is because we talk all about developing good, sustainable habits and discovering how can we stay committed doing things that are a little uncomfortable at first, because it's uncomfortable to shift into new habits yeah. and to keep on keeping on. So a lot of our topics surround that kind of thing, how to be happy in the grind with staying true to your promises that you want to keep to yourself for your greater good. That is such a powerful story about your son never having witnessed you eat in that way. And yet he picked up on it and developed it too. Wow. And I just want to applaud your son because I just, I love, I love that there are other men out there focusing on helping other men. So bravo and kudos to him. That is really wonderful to know. Um, I also want to speak to, I think an element of this, and we may have sort of touched on this a little bit earlier, but, you know, you talk about um, joyful movement. There's, you know, this is very much centered around acknowledging your emotions and being aware of what you're feeling. And I think a very key core piece, and maybe you probably go over this with your clients, is like it, a very key core piece can probably be the light bulb switch when a woman realizes well, wait, I don't think I want to actually, I, I don't like gaining weight. I don't like the way my body looks or whatever. I don't like the way I feel when I'm eating certain foods, but maybe they also believe that, well, I don't actually want to make a shift because I somehow have this belief that I'm happy eating the way that I am, the way that I do. I, I don't know. I can see a woman in there thinking they don't want to make the effort to make the shift because somehow in their brain, they think they actually are happy with the food, even though they also know subconsciously they're not. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Like, I think yes. Absolutely. Yes. And you, you know what, Kim, thank you so much for bringing that up because um, the food industry creates the perfect bliss point with certain foods mm -hmm. to bring us such extreme pleasure that you'd be hard pressed to find, we believe, in, in anything else. So when you need comfort, when, I mean, let's face it, the commercials, when, when, a, when a boy breaks up with a, a girl, she's sitting on the, remember Laverne and Shirley? Yes. Yeah. The milk and Pepsi. So it's like comfort, comfort, comfort. So we kind of get, we kind of get ingrained in that belief and we're not sure that anything else could possibly bring us that much pleasure. 
I can remember binging on donut holes and thinking someday I'm going to figure this out, but right now I just need this. Okay. So it would make sense that if we have been programmed and not everybody goes through this, okay. Not everybody is going to resonate or even need my book. I'm speaking to women that have been battling emotional eating challenges, the weight, the scale, all that stuff. And they keep going to food is the ultimate, the ultimate bandaid for everything. It's because we really never knew how to expand and find pleasure in other things. And dieting makes it worse because we try to remove the pleasure in eating. Then we, then we become rebels. So again, that the two headed monster really, really exists. You also said something. So in other words, it can be done when you start to do the work on self, you look at where you've come from, you, you do the inner work with these beliefs that I've been dragging around for so long. Step three is huge. There's a lot in step three. Once we discover, well, what is that voice that I've, I mean, I've, I can change that voice when we learn to rewire and bring in a, a new voice that's loving right. and nurturing. It's amazing how we can shift out of the knee-jerk reaction to go to the food as our only source of a hundred percent comfort, med- medication, soothing. It, it really, it really, it's, it's really an interesting pathway. And by the way, it's free. You can't buy that. We have the tools in here. You can't buy it. It's available to all of us. And for anyone that's listening, that's like, look, I get what you're saying, but I, I want to lose weight too. You know, I want to lose weight. I don't like how I feel in my body. So don't you dare tell me to be happy. I get it. I totally get that. And for a woman that does not feel happy in her body because of her relationship with food and she feels stuck and very alone, I would encourage her, get the book, read it read it a few times, do the work. It's not a very big book. You can blast through it in a weekend and then read it again. And when you start to have aha moments and start pondering and considering things and start doing the inner work, you do the the experiment. You start to get curious one day at a time with how these clean foods are making you feel. You start to step into what I call your inner queen that has grace and confidence. You start to trust your relationship with food. It's amazing. Do you hear how I'm talking now? The stress response going away. The relaxation response is coming in. It's amazing that with time, the stubborn pounds that we have been fighting to get off of our bodies, it's amazing how when we take the power and the focus off of the scale and off of those pounds, that they start to melt and shed. Re rewiring the part of you that thinks one thing is happy when really your body's going to tell you something else is happy. I, I love it. I love it. I love it. And your website is the holistic divas.com. And we have that up on the screen for anybody who would like to go check out Tracy's book, her work and all of that. Um, are there any other instructions or guidance you want to give to people for connecting with you? One more thing. If you go to my website, not only is there the link at the top for the book, there's also a free workbook. You can download it that gets you started. It's like a template, like an ebook to get started okay. five steps. So you can actually print that oh, out in your journal and then start start doing some initial work. And there's also a way to contact me um, in there as well. And I, I love to hear stories. You know, Meg, stories are magnificent. And sometimes a woman just needs somebody to listen. And it's amazing. Just like in the colors in your show, Kim, it's amazing how a door opens for healing when somebody is just willing to listen to their story without judgment. 
Tracy, well, I, again, I love your passion for this topic. I love how you're really helping people. You're helping women uh, own their emotions, be more present with them, allow them to, you know, be a bitch at the end of the day or whatever they want to feel and be and really rewire all this. And I thank you so much for being here. We have Helene is also saying thank you in the comments um, being with us today. Mm, Helene, thank you so, so much. Lillian and Kim. Thanks for, thanks for having your show. You know, thanks for doing the work that you're doing as your best diva. And um, you're, you're making a, you, you provide this space for us to come together and to grow. And that's ultimately what you're doing. So thank you so, so much. Thank you, Tracy. I appreciate it. I, um, I, Tracy, I would love to talk to you some more, uh, but we do, we've come to the end of the show. So I got to close it out. Um, if you don't mind, I'd love to just put you down in the lobby and I'll see you there in just a moment or two while I close out. Sounds good. Thank you, Kim. Thanks, everyone. Okay, wonderful. Thank you again, Tracy, so much for everything. Oh, oh my goodness. What are you taking away from this conversation? I noticed Lillian said, I enjoyed this positive information. And Lillian, I'm glad you you enjoyed it. I'm I'm glad you saw the positivity in it, too. That that really right there speaks to me, the freedomness, the experimentation that Tracy was talking about. And I love that because one thing that has shown up more and more and more over time for myself and my coaching clients is how things can truly be so much easier. And so Tracy is really supporting that. And uh, I see helping women with, with seeing how much easier it can be to release weight. And um, sounds like you get a lot more than just releasing weight um, by working with Tracy and really learning what she's teaching. So uh, once again, take a moment to tune in and just self-reflect. What did you receive today? What are you taking away from this conversation? And going back to what we started with at the very beginning of the conversation, how are you going to take what you received today and put that into action? How are you going to allow that to be useful for you in your world, right? Did you just spend this time here and then nothing comes of it? Or are you going to shift something? And sometimes, you know, I'm a big believer. We got to sit with things, right? Journal on it. See what other insights come through. But remember that if something was truly that valuable for you, put that into action. Allow that to serve you in bigger and better ways. And remember, wherever you are today does not have to be where you are tomorrow. Every moment literally has another opportunity to make a new choice, to shift your energy, to feel how you want to feel. Oh, my goodness, right? We started off the show talking about, like, I wasn't in the best space, right? And sometimes... Sometimes you want to just sit with that and feel it. I love the whole, you know, allow yourself to feel, you feel like you want to be a bitch at the end of the day or whatever you're feeling. You can allow yourself to feel it. Absolutely. And then remember that you have choices in everything. So I can go on for days. I hope you have an amazing rest of your day. And uh, let us know in the comments what you're taking away from this conversation. Have an amazing day, everybody. I'll see y'all again soon.